Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I have been thinking a lot about how powerful it is to stay curious through life, how curiosity can be healing, and how important it is to disrupt the narrative that you are too busy, too old, too whatever to consider trying new things that could bring joy or fulfillment to your life, or returning to things that used to help you in different stages of your life. The idea for this episode actually came to me last summer when I started exploring running again. Some listeners may know that I used to identify as a runner. After saying I could never run for the first three decades of my life, I started couch to 5K in my mid-30s, eventually trained up to run half marathons, and there were times when running was my solace. It was meditative. I did not listen to music or podcasts. Instead, I focused on a 30-count breathing ritual and body scan technique. There was a stretch where even long runs, I'm talking like eight miles plus, felt joyful and wonderful, and there was ease about it. And then about six years ago, it feels like a lot longer than that, actually, I gave up running because it started to feel consistently terrible. Everything hurt. It was not working for me. So I stopped doing it. A few years ago, I tried several times to restart running, and it continued to feel terrible. So again, my narrative became that I could never run again. And then this past June, after experiencing some bad inflammation and sluggishness issues, I decided to give Couch to 5K another try. The goal was to shake the sluggish energy loose, and I also realized that, hello, my body is not the same body it was a few years ago. I've done a lot of yoga. I've done physical therapy. Why not be curious and try? For the majority of the program, up until about two or so miles in distance, it was pretty amazing. It felt great. I realized I could run and I loved the quick sweat factor and it helped tremendously with my inflammation and energy levels. And then it got terrible once I hit three miles and I pulled something in my hamstring or IT band that nagged me for months. 
And so I gave myself permission to stop. For this rule follower not to finish the program was a big deal. But I realized that running longer distances was no longer serving me and life was too short to do things that lead to injury. In the meanwhile, I have been embracing brisk walks and my usual yoga. And along with the mindfulness I've been holding in extraordinary care, it has been pretty great. If you're wondering about extraordinary care, by the way, there's a back episode about that. So why am I sharing about running in this episode about creativity? That journey with running was a good reminder that life is fluid. Exploring old and new things is so good. And that over the past six years, I've tried various things out of curiosity, decorating cakes, skiing, tennis, even learning woodsy skills and building my own fire starters. And that there is so much joy to be had in being curious and trying new things, notably including the moments when things are challenging and don't always work out. Which leads me to this interview with my mom, the incomparable Rachel Coe. One of the many things that impresses me about my mom is how curious she is and has always been. And I thought a conversation with her would benefit all of us. My mom and I recorded this episode in her home in late fall, but I exercised extraordinary patience because I decided I wanted it to be the first guest interview of 2023. I learned so much about her through this conversation, which we'll get to after a quick break. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. People often talk about the impact of things like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrition on skin, but did you know those things impact your hair too? If you've been dealing with hair thinning, you are not alone, and Nutrafol is here to help. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I appreciate that they offer formulas tailored to different life stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol Women's Hair Growth Supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Edit Your Life listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code EDIT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use promo code EDIT. 
That's Nutrafol.com using promo code EDIT. Good morning, mom. How are you? Okay. How are you? Good, good. Listeners, I have a huge smile on my face because this is such, this might be the interview I am most excited about in my entire life of this show. So mom, let's dive right in. I would love for listeners to get a little window into your history because I think it is important for the context of our conversation. So can you share some basic details, for example, where you were born how old you were when you came to the United States, and why you immigrated. Hmm, Christine, um, my six of seven children, uh, thank you for inviting me here uh, to introduce myself. Uh, I am Rachel Cole. I would say I'm a busy person, but I can see my bright and hardworking daughter's life seems much busier than mine. I saw you work hard to finish your PhD and become a scientist in here in Boston, and then create new businesses and projects that are different from your education. I also admire and appreciate your family. My son-in-law, John, takes care of his family while also helping so many people as a therapist. And Laura and Violet are lovable, smart children. It makes me very proud to see Laura working on an education that will lead her to a life of helping others. Thank you so much, Mom. That is really kind to hear those words. And Laurel, I know, is going to be very excited to hear those words, too, because she's really excited to listen to this episode when it goes live. So thank you. Now, you're always quick to shine attention to others, so that was a good example of that. But let's get back to your story. Tell me a little more. Okay. Um, I'm slightly shy about sharing my personal life, but I'm more than happy to do this if my story can help others. Um, I was born in Japan in August 1936 and turned 86 this year. Um, my family relocated back to South Korea in October 1945, uh, not long after the end of World War II. Uh, I was nine years old at that time and had grown up learning the Japanese language. So I needed to master the uh, Korean language while working on my education, which was very hard. Um, in 1960, when I was um, 25 years old, I was invited to a special opportunity to visit America for 10 months to work at the hospital clinic in Washington State that was um, connected to the church-affiliated hospital where, where I worked. <clears throat> I actually uh, did not say yes for sometime for two reasons. Uh, first, uh, it was um, so hard learning Korean as my second language. So the, the idea of learning English as a third, like third language seemed very difficult. And second, I was worried about the racial situation. Uh, but by the time, a third time I was asked, I figured my family could not provide this overseas um, opportunity, which included funding to help 
me apply for passport, airfare, and many other things. So I said yes. I was so grateful for that support. And it is why to this day, I always think about how to support others, even if it is just donating a little money here and there. Well, Mom, you are always generous. I see it always. And I love that it was third time is a charm for them to get you to come to America. (laughs) And wow, that is a lot when I think about mastering three languages, living in three countries before you had even turned 30. Honestly, it makes me feel a little underaccomplished because (laughs) having attempted to learn Korean a little bit and as an adult, it was really hard. So what happened after your program in Washington? Uh, Well, um, the nursing training I did in Korea was not a degree program. Uh, It was more like a diploma. And I decided that I wanted to do some more work before I went back to Korea, even though that meant continuing to learn the English language while enrolled in school. I decided to move across the country to mainland to attend Columbia Union College, now called Washington Adventist University. Since there were few universities affiliated with my church, Also, um, it was a big compound that was a part college, part hospital, so I was able to work part-time while I went to school. Um, It was on the East Coast where I met your dad. I got married in my late 20s, and my husband and I worked very hard to establish our lives. Over the years, we raised seven children were able to own our own home and grow our real estate and the grocery business. All our all our, our children were cooperative and worked very hard by helping um, the family business and studying. My great gift is that all my children are loving survivors currently and working hard for their lives. Uh, Well, yes. So I guess you did not get a lot of sleep in those years raising a family and running a family business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was so tired during that time of my life. Any moment when I was able to put my head down, I fell asleep. (laughs) I can only imagine. And it really is only in my imagination, mom, because I don't actually think I ever saw you sleeping or lying. (laughs) So. Mom, as I often say to you, as a mom of only two children, not seven, I don't know how you did it. It is truly amazing to me. Okay, Mom. So the conversation I wanted to have today is about curiosity. And I have a few curiosity anchors. That's what I'm calling them when I think about you. And one of them is music. So how did you come to teach yourself music? Mm, Okay. When I was in fourth grade in Korea, uh, there was a little ceremony that happened as the students arrived on the playground. But one day, it was um, raining, uh, so we all went straight to the classroom, and we heard a, mu- a special song through the loudspeakers. I heard the classmate uh, play organ music, and that moment, 
was the first time I remember liking music. Mm. Uh, my parents couldn't afford music lessons, but in middle school, I learned how to read scales and uh, took to it naturally. And uh, new pieces of music I got, I sang along with the scale notes instead of words. Uh, at the time, I was living in a dorm where the upper-class students got 30 minutes a day of music time in the mornings and evenings. I could hear people playing piano, but wasn't able to do it myself. Then one day, an upper-class student who was going home for the weekend said I could use her music <laughs> slot. I was um, so excited. My mm -hmm. first time putting my fingers on the piano. And I found that when I put my fingers on the piano, uh, piano uh, keyboard, it came out like what I had heard people playing in the dorm. Mm. Eventually, um, my church picked me to play for daily worship. My heart was pounding, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then... When it came time to pick students to play for the Sabbath services, I was asked again. But at that time, I told the pastor I need practice time if I was going to uh, play on the Sabbath. I was only in middle school that time, not an upperclassman. Um, but the pastor gave me special permission to practice in the church, which was not usually allowed at that time. So I got to practice a lot and worked my way through available music books and then to sonatas. Wow, Mom, that is amazing. First of all, I love hearing these stories because, listeners, these are stories that I have actually never heard before. So the imagery of you as a young girl, actually the same age as my Violet would be now as a middle schooler, and getting your first exposure to music. It's just, it's incredibly powerful, mom. So thank you for that gift. It's so incredible. And also way to advocate for what you need. I love that, you know, you, you're, you were asked to have this honor of playing at the Sabbath services and you were like, well, I need some practice time. <laughs> now I just, I love it so much. Okay. Now piano isn't where your love for music stopped. So what other instruments have you tried? Um, by the time I came to the United States, I really liked music. I liked the sound of the violin and became interested in learning, learning it, and saved the money and bought a violin through my professor. But as you know, then I started a family and life got very busy. <laughs> uh, it was a great joy that uh, you and your brother George were able to play that violin. Well, thank you for letting us play your violin. As you know, music became a huge part of my life. And that instrument that you saved up for and purchased was really at the center of it all. So I feel like I'm saying thank you many times during this episode and it, it all is valid. So the cool thing is, and one of the reasons you are a curiosity inspiration to me <laughs> is because I have seen you also pursue new instruments as an adult. So can you tell listeners about that? Uh, for a year or two, I also took organ lessons. 
inspired by my friend whose organ playing helped me find my love for music. Mm. Uh, it was a pipe organ, though, uh, which was very hard. And it was so cold <laughs> in the church where I was learning. Uh, finally, my latest musical interest is the ukulele. Uh, the wife of the pastor of my church offered to teach church members about three years ago. And they asked me if I would join. But I wondered <clears throat> uh, if maybe it would be too hard for my hands at, at my age. But this year, they asked me again. So I decided to try it. <laughs> it was challenging to coordinate chords and strumming. But I already knew how to read the notes and the rhythms, which was helpful to learning ukulele. Mm, so I'm detecting a pattern that people just need to keep pestering you and asking you, and then finally you will say yes to that. <laughs> so, Mom, I have to say that when you played for me that first time back in March, as you might remember, I was freaking out. Like I was actually sitting here, uh, actually in these very same chairs we're sitting at today in your house, and my mouth was just hanging open. I just felt complete joy and also awe and inspiration. And when I shared the photo of you with your instrument online, with your permission, I will say that was the reaction of other people too, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. So again, thank you for sharing all of that. We, Welcome. yeah, we are going to take a quick break and be right back. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hello, friends. We are back with the 
incomparable Rachel Co. Mom, one thing I think about a lot now as a parent, because feeding is basically an agenda item always, is how much you have always experimented with and remained curious about food. Obviously, you cooked Korean a lot when I was a kid, but I also saw you try to integrate Western ingredients. And I even have memories of you experimenting with baking, which isn't really typically in the Korean wheelhouse. So what are your thoughts about food and curiosity? Well, uh, I, I lived in the dormitory starting at the age of 13. So I didn't have a lot of uh, cooking opportunities. Um, I didn't learn how to cook until after I got married, even making rice. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so at first, learning to cook was um, like learning to live. Hmm. Uh, but then I also got curious. For example, we didn't go out to eat often, but when we did, and I tasted something like I liked, I collected information and tried to see how I could create what I tasted at home, um, which was a fun challenge. Mm -hmm. I have never gone by recipes, but I followed my taste buds and learned how to cook by focusing on three things uh, with my cooking, sweet, salt, and sour. Uh, and through the Bible and also cooking classes at church, I have adjusted my ingredients over time to inc uh, increase the health value and have um, the ingredients be more pure. For example, for sweet, instead of using white sugar, I use honey or honey powder. For salt, instead of regular uh, table salt, I use Celtic sea salt, Himalayan salt, and kosher salt. And for sour, Instead of using vinegar, I use lemon. Mm. I also focus on color when I am cooking and preparing dishes with the veggies that are deep in color. Over the years, I have fed many people and they always enjoyed my cooking. I can attest to this. Your food is always enjoyed. And one other amazing thing I just want listeners to know is that my mom has been a vegetarian for a long time. And so one of the great mysteries of life is how she in the past has cooked meat to perfection, even when she can't eat it. I just don't understand. <laughs> this is this is part of the thing where, you know, maybe somebody has a recipe and they they leave out an ingredient when they pass it along. So I, I will never understand all the secrets. Um so thank you, mom, for all of your many years of cooking and feeding people, which continue today to this day, I will say. I want to switch gears and talk about other hobbies, because another thing I have witnessed, you know, from being a little kid to now, is that you have always been so keen on learning new things. So I'm curious to hear what has brought your interest in things like crochet, flower arrangement, even making skincare products? Where does that come from? Uh, well, uh, things, <clears throat> the things I have tried are God-given interests because not all my siblings have those same interests. Mm. So we all love music. Uh, maybe my biggest talent that I appreciate is having interest to keep my life in a running style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
uh, when I think back on my life, uh, it seems like I did more when I was busier. Uh, when I had uh, my first three kids, George, Kim, and Jason, it was so hard. Usually in Korean culture, uh, parents help their kids when they start having babies. But we were, we were in, um, in the United States, and our families were in Korea. So your dad and I raised all seven kids without help. But somehow, it was during that time that I picked up knitting. I was fascinated by Irish cable patterns and made sweaters for that, me and George. I learned how to sew from books and made clothes. Uh, my church community has also been a blessing in helping me find interest later in life. Uh, with the pastor's wife, I went to uh, flower arranging classes at Minuteman Tech in Lexington and earned a flower arranging uh, certificate. <laughs> when our church needed to renovate, some members and I started crocheting scrubbies and made tons of them <laughs> to sell at all the churches. <laughs> it's just so incredible. <laughs> I actually, it's so funny because I have, when you mentioned the sweaters and those Irish cable patterns, I actually just had a really strong memory of a... Um, of seeing those for the first time, you had a chest in your bedroom, some kind of trunk, I think, or, or some big thing. And it opened up. And I remember putting my hands on that sweater and just being fascinated by those cable patterns. Mm -hmm. I remember that they were like cream colored sweaters, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I'll just share with listeners that, uh, seeing your sewing work and your knitting work was what got me inspired to try mm -hmm. those things. And mm -hmm. I learned the same way as you just kind of following the patterns and the crocheted scrubbies were indeed a thing. There were a lot of them. Mm. And the thing we didn't talk about that I just want to tell people about is last um, winter, I think, my mom and some of her church lady friends made these this incredible um, skincare lotion. Mm. And it's funny because I shared about it at work and people were going bonkers. They're like, when she starts selling them, let me know and I'll buy all the things yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, listeners have seen well, listeners and people in my life have seen pictures of you and they're like, whatever skincare product she's using, I want it. <laughs> I can make some. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Um, okay. My, my wheels are turning. Well, mom, you have been so generous with your time here and I know I need to wrap up, uh, now, but to close out this episode, I would love for you to share a parting recommendation about curiosity, whatever you want to share, whether that is about why it's important or how to make time for it when life is busy or your thoughts on learning at any age. Uh, when you're doing something and concentrating on it and enjoying it, you don't have the space to think about the negative things. Mm. Uh, it will help you to be positive, and that brings your health forward. And also your brain function is much more active. I always think about activities that help you move your body. Keep the blood circulating freely mm. everywhere in your body. And keep stimulating your brain. Uh, this will help you lead a curious and happy life. I'm grateful to God for all the interest 
he has allowed me to use, both to enrich my life and others. Well, I think that is parting advice that everybody should adhere to. Mom, so many times when I talk about you with people in my life, they just say, your mom is goals. (laughs) That's what I want to be in my life. And so I just, I don't know if this will really sink in for you, but you're such an inspiration to people I know. So um, thank you for being willing to have this conversation. You're an inspiration to me always. And it is just a tremendous gift to be able to record with you today. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me on your show. Okay, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.